1911 is one of the most iconic firearms in history. Designed by John Browning, the 1911 was the standard-issue sidearm of the U.S. military from 1911 to 1985. While Colt produced the original, almost every major firearm company has produced its own version. It's wildly revered for its reliability, crisp trigger, and is still a favorite for all types of shooters. Whether you're looking to buy or build a 1911 and just about everything for guns, log on to MidwayUSA.com. Hunting boots are a critical component of any successful hunt. Whether walking a short distance to your blind or trudging miles through rugged terrain, your feet are carrying the load. Without the right boots, you could give up early and lose out on that trophy just over the ridge. At Midway USA, we make selecting boots for your next hunt easier. With just a few clicks of a mouse, you can decide on what's important, like waterproofing, insulation, size, width, and savings. For just about everything for shooting, hunting, and the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. If you are following along with my journey into Southern Africa last November, you would know that something extremely special happened to me in that I found my grandfather's 416 Rigby that had literally been gone for 30 years. I didn't know it was around. I actually thought it was gone. And lo and behold, up it pops because of social media and because of what we're doing at Blood Origins. And so this is a conversation between the the guy that had the gun, the owner, and myself after we exchanged and did the business deal for me buying the 416 Rigby. I wanted to hear from him how he had gotten it, what he used the gun for. Just a great sort of testament to the history of the gun and sort of what hunting meant to my dad and my grandfather back in the day. And and here's this gun that my grandfather used to, to hunt buffalo in Mozambique. And now I'm going to have the opportunity to do it the same way. So enjoy. So there's a reason why I started Blood Origins. And that reason is simple. Is that I wanted to convey the truth about hunting. It brings awareness to to non-hunters that it's it's more than just killing animals. How do I start it? Brittany. My name. My name. Does my hair look okay? It's fantastic. My name is Mike Axelrod. Start again. Yeah, I hated it too. Braxton, <laughs> you said something in the car to me. You said that you were living on borrowed time. Hmm. There's a perception around who hunters are, what we're supposed to be, and a a feminist that works for a non-profit that is a hunter that has only eaten wild game for the last 20 years is likely not the thing that people think about when it comes to a hunter. There we are, just as we start a podcast, typically dogs start barking. It's perfect. <laughs> Absolutely perfect. Cheers, Rudy. Thank you. Thank you for the coffee. It's a pleasure, Robbie. Rudy, why are we here? Why am I talking to you? Yeah, what an amazing event. What a... Um a sad day, but a very happy day in my life. Yo, uh, a good friend of ours, James Lismore, put us on to uh, communication with one another. So I got a DM from James Lismore. <laughs> and I, and I want to understand how that came about. Because I got a DM. I was in Australia. We'd just finished doing a bunch of documentary work in New Zealand. And I get this DM from James Lismore saying, Hey, um... I might have found your grandfather's 416 Rigby. And I was like, what? (laughs) And so he starts going through it. He says it belonged to a Portuguese woman. And I was like, well, that's a part of the story that nobody really knows. And uh, 
He's like, yeah, here's my, I think it belongs to it belongs to a buddy of mine right now. Yeah. He sent me pictures of the gun. He sent me pictures of the book. He sent me pictures of Leo's book. He sent me pictures of Harry Manor's book. Yeah. Um, yeah, just to, to rewind a bit. Um, I started my professional hunting career in uh, 2017. And I was... Why did you decide to become a professional hunter in 2017? I've been hunting in Afrikaans uh, culture hunting uh, throughout my life and I went through a... Were you a born and raised here around Joburg or...? Born and raised Southern boy, South African Southern boy. Okay. And um, been in the in the industry for a very long time. As you'll see the number plate on my cruisers, it's one is Dutchy for a specific okay. reason. <laughs> but that's a, that's a fun story we'll get into later. And um, I've got a flavor for life. I've got a zest for things. I became a pilot became a commercial diving instructor, became a commercial boat operator. And then I said, uh, I think I should become a professional hunter. I Interesting. Had the, I had the love of it. Okay. And um, I was completely fascinated by it. And then you'll see around the house old things. I, I build old things, old land cruisers, old cars. And I said to myself, I want a firearm. I want to side by side. I met, uh, met with a... Um, Side by side for people that don't know double rifle, right? <laughs> I wanted a double and I met up with Mark Sullivan in South Africa and um, bought two or three of his books that he also signed for me. And prior to that, I ran into this firearm completely, purely by chance. I was standing in a good friend of mine's gun shop one day and we were. So, what was the gun shop's name? Gun shop's name is Gobbs. Okay. Here so in Joburg. Here in Joburg. And the owner is a guy by the name of Hank Annandale. And I have to do some contribution towards him or some thankfulness towards him for what he's done. He's actually helped me load load formulations, helped me, checked me, timed me. So he prepared me for using this specific, fi specific firearm in my professional hunting um, practical um, examination. So yeah, thanks Hank. And... Uh, the guns were all lined up, and, you know, as a young man. So you walked in there with the specific idea, hey, I needed a, it's it's my mic, don't worry, it's not oh, your mic. Okay. Uh, 375 Holland Holland, all greater caliber yeah. weapon. I hunted with a 375 Holland and Holland for 10 years prior to me becoming a professional hunter. And I was, I shot everything. And I'm meaning everything in, in uh, I shot small and big animal range, and it was a very capable rifle. And until sure. today, I love that caliber. Sure. But, yeah, I uh, couldn't get to the Holland & Holland uh, um, price tag, and we were discussing this, and in walks a gentleman dressed in full South African uniform, being ex-Special Forces. I know the, 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 the markings, and we started talking, and he said to me, this is the owner now of the gun that I'm explaining to you. I said, well, that's very interesting. So you were in the shop? I was in the shop. Okay. In the shop. In walks Gary Manners. Yeah. And Hank says to me, hey, Dutchie, this is, this is uh, uh, Gary. I said, well, oh, nice, pleased to meet you. Takes the firearm off, or he hands the firearm over. That's what happened. So was Gary there to sell the gun the same day you were there? I think he wasn't there to sell it. I think he was just there to hand it in because he had an operation in Mozambique or, I don't know, Swaziland, I can't recall exactly. Mm. And he handed the rifle over and, um, you know, when you, when, you, when you look at something, you go, yo, 
that's what I want. Mm. And I really cannot remember the price. I tried to phone him, but I knew, I can tell you that I didn't have the cash for it. I had to pay it off. So when was this? Was this, this is, if we talk, I, I got the word from Gary Manners that he had sold the gun eight, nine years ago. So let's call it 2023. Is this 2014? 2015. 2015. To be spot on. 2015, 2016. Okay. In he walks, handed over the gun to to book it in like we will Mm -hmm. do on Monday. And um, I I said, but that's nice. I like that. And then he says, now here's something to read about this gun. And he takes out um, the document that I've showed you in November. The Magnum magazine. 2004 Magnum magazine, page, I don't know, 43, 45. Mm. And here's the story about Leo Kroger. It's an obituary. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And here the gun is mentioned. And I said, Gary, is your father Harry Manners? Yeah, yeah. I said, well, sure, this is interesting. And then my creative juices mm-hmm. just started flowing. This this is really what I wanted to be. So mm-hmm. I thought, right, I need to acquire this firearm. Mm-hmm. So we spoke about it. Eventually we cut the deal right there and then met him. Off he went. The license was approved. In 2017, for the firearm, once I've applied for it, paid for it, and then did my professional hunting course, then obviously certified legally in South Africa, because I've been doing it under the radar for quite some time, (laughs) (laughs) like we all do. Um, And yeah, um, what an exciting life, what an exciting time of my life. It was a fantastic period. I traveled South Africa, I rubbed shoulders with high-ranking presidents of countries which unfortunately I had to sign disclosures I can't open that information mm-hmm. to you on a podcast but a fantastic fantastic life I had firearm brought me a great income for my family and um, yeah we I've always wherever I go wherever I hunt with this gun I always take it out sure this is my opening <laughs> my opening speech boys you won't believe what I've got mm-hmm. and I always nah never you you know and obviously, I take the books out. I mm-hmm. say, yeah, I even get goosebumps mm-hmm. <laughs> sitting here mm-hmm. telling the story. And then I hunt with it. And the people say, how can you use this firearm? Mm-hmm. I said, that's what I bought it for. Mm-hmm. And that's that big buffalo boy behind you. And some of these amazing goodies that were shot with it. And some of the small antelope was also shot with it. Sure. And yeah, about 20, just before covid the whole world's upside down. Nobody's right. coming to South Africa to right. hunt. And um, my life t- changed into another direction again. Having three or four companies at that stage, going through very difficult times. And I looked around me and I said to myself, when I go and hunt, I still tell the story. So this was last year, two years ago, I walked. I've hunted with James Lismore three years prior to that once. Okay. But I took my 308. Okay. Told them about the gun. Never knew. They never knew about the gun. Mm-hmm. And then I, t- I think I took the gun with me on the second hunt with him. And then he said to me. But it must have been this year. Why would he have voice noted me? Why would he have voice noted me this year? It was like April, May of 2023. You're right. You're 100% correct. I hunted with him two years ago. And this year I hunted with him in, in Clarence. Just, just out Clarence, out Clarence. And so you must have been sitting around a fire oh, and yeah. you must have taken this gun. How do we all hunt? Proper South African way. Uh-huh. Around a 
big boma fire, mm. lots of whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and we were we were talking about guns in general, and uh, I believe he's quite high up in a, in an institution where they do long range shooting, which is not my thing due, due to my problem with my eyes. And I said to him, "This is what I own," and he says, "Don't lie to me." I said, "I'll sh- I'll show you the photos. I don't need to lie to you." Showed the photos. He then immediately must have sent the information through to you. Well, that's the thing. Like, Blood Origins, you know, I was talking to you earlier. Like, five years ago, nobody knew me, didn't know our name, didn't know what we do, didn't know my history or anything like that. And so when you get on the... When I started podcasting and talking about my history and I hadn't really hunted in South Africa at all, I started hunting in America, but I've got this grandfather who came, lived two wildlife... As he explains in, in his book, Two Wildlife Paradises, he lived, you know, 20s, 30s, 40s in Russia, Siberia, northern China, hunted white-eared pheasant in Nepal, um, and then hunted Africa, arrived in 54 and lived the heyday of Africa 50, in the 50s, 60s, up until revolution. And there was a reason why he must have called this his trusty 416, because numerous occasions he mentions... The trusty four and six. Either it was his backup, which he was. So he had that. He, I think that was his main gun. That was his main gun. And then there was a there was a double, and he 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 must. I I've tried to figure it out whether he was wrong, and I've spoken to the Wesley Richards Richards guys, but he had there was like a. It was like I think in the book he says four seven five or four eight five. There must be a weird Wesley Richards caliber. It's not a four five eight caliber. It's something else. and But there was a side-by-side double that my father used when he was 16 to kill a buffalo in Mozambique. Yeah, But it was Bob Camilleri's. Bob Camilleri was Leo's best hunting buddy. It was Bob's gun. It was loaned to my father. So okay. the story would have been even richer if that gun was used by my father to kill a buffalo in Mozambique. Well, this specific gun was definitely used to kill a buffalo in my hands. Well, so that that gun definitely shot buffalo in Mozambique. Yeah, and that's why I wanted it. Mm-hmm. But let's just rewind again to the purchase. Mm. Once I I was intrigued by the history, I wanted more mm-hmm. because that's how I am. Mm-hmm. And I started reading up and I started hearing about books called My Lost Kambaku and My Kambaku and I started looking for them. And these things are not available. Mm-mm. And I, how did this happen? I got Harry's book in a in a bookshop in four ways. I, I had three or four people helping me to find the book. Mm-hmm. And Struz Bob, somebody phoned me up and said, we found the soft cover. Yeah. And I said, I'm immediately on my way. Yeah, yeah. I immediately drove there. I was very disappointed because it wasn't the hard cover. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, I don't think I've ever seen a hard cover. But then I must tell you, I I go a little bit further in my life. I just don't want the book. I wanted a signed copy Mm. that made it 10 times harder. And then a friend of mine ordered the signed copy of your granddad's book for me. From where? I don't know. And that's how I got the signed copy. Mm -hmm. The green one. The green one. The hardback. There's only a thousand of those ever made. I think that's number 71. And so, 171. ever since I've been talking about it on a podcast, people are like, oh, we're going to look for that book. And you like, can't, you can't find, find it. it anymore. Yeah, you can't find the book anymore. It's quite amazing. And 
So once I've had the books, I've had the stories, and I said, right, now I must put this guy into action. Yeah, and it was an exciting, exciting time in my life. I practiced with this gun in excess of 150 rounds through it to make sure that I had pinpoint accuracy. Mm. On 50 meters, I would be able to take a tick off a buffalo's bum for you <laughs> with a 416 Reapkey 400 grain solid. And that's what I did. I made sure that I mastered the weapon. I showed you how I used to carry the rounds, how we paid huge money for leather pouches to hand bullets in and then cut the points off in front <laughs> of the guys who made them for me. So yeah, we were a rough bunch of guys. But I enjoyed every minute of it and um, having the discussion with my with my wife after you contacted me the first time, we started doing evaluations about the firearm and I said to my wife, being ethical, morally, the way I am, which I've always been, I said to her, this gun has to go back to the Kroger family. Mm. Yeah, the goosebumps come again. <laughs> no, it's amazing. Like, I couldn't believe it. Like, to, like I, I still don't think I can fathom the fact that that gun, you know, my grandfather held that gun. Like, I've got his 270 Seiko. It's in the safe in South Africa, and in, in America. Um, but, yeah, that is, uh, that's a story and a half right there. Jeez. Well, can't believe it. And I thought it was gone. Literally, I thought it was gone. Like, I didn't even think about it anymore. Uh, it was uh, just a story. It was like, yeah, that was one of his guns. And friends of mine were like, what, wouldn't it be cool if you could get that gun one day? Wouldn't it be cool? So the PM, uh, I, could, I could see the excitement and the disbelief in the PM to me. I cannot believe this. Do you truly own this firearm? Mm -hmm. And I said, yeah, I'll send you the, the, the barrel numbers mm -hmm. and, and all the pressures. Well, then I still didn't even know, right? Like, I knew I had to validate that Gary Mann is in Australia. I'm doing this. When I got the voice note, yeah. I was like, how do I know this is the gun? <laughs> so I was like, all right, let me get a contact with family friends here in Joburg, the Chalices. And lo and behold, Chris Chalice had just contacted Gary Manners. They're in a gun club because Chris needs to v get his gun licenses back current. And so I said to Chris, I, I called him, I said, Chris, when last you to talk to Gary? He's like, oh, I saw him yesterday. I said, can you just call him and ask him if he sold the gun? I need two questions validated. I need to know if Gary sold the gun, and I need to know if it has a million barrel. I just need those two pieces of information. And within like four hours, I got them both back saying yes and yes. <laughs> I was like, holy shit. <laughs> I can't believe it. And then the, the only other thing that needed to like be corroborated was the serial number. Yeah, the was the 1911. And I was like, how do I do that? And again, my pedantic father and a little bit of my pedantic self somehow have a fax that my father sent to gary in 1993 which you forwarded it to me. like i've still got the piece of paper <laughs> who has that who still has a fax from 1993 yeah and on it it has the serial number like my dad wrote it out in little parenthetical <laughs> mahillion 911 1911 i was like shit that's the gun and then I took a photo with my firearm last South African firearm last. Now is it? 1911. That's Rudy it. <laughs> yeah. Shit, man. Yeah, so the ultimate now is shooting a buffalo, me shooting a buffalo with it in Mozambique. Ideally, ideally, and it'll happen because I know the people that are working on it, 
So the areas that he hunted in Mozambique was Kutata 4 and Kutata 5 on the Save, mm-hmm. where the old Camp Ruark was, right? The Ruark camp and whatnot. That is where hopefully one day a buffalo herd is strong enough to hunt them again. Maybe, just maybe, that could happen that I could be there. Yeah. And I tell you what, that would be the the ultimate finish of the chapter of that firearm in my life. Yeah, it would be amazing, eh? But I'm happy. I'm truly, truly um, blessed that this this could happen. Mm. And um, I had a little bit of a communication with uh, um, Fritz Weilbach, quite an elderly, um, very good friend of mine. And from there we moved over to... Um, I can't uh, the guy from Classic Arms now um, I can't get you his name now and um, I said to him uh, would it be possible for you to do some alterations for it on the gun for me to put it back into its original pristine condition because of the modifications Mm -hmm. I made for my eyes he said yeah you could do it Donnie no the name will come now and I spoke two or three times to him and he said yeah no I can do it and I thought to myself I'm not going to do it. Mm. Because when I purchase something, I use it. Yeah, sure. I use it and I use it to the fullest ability. And 100%. That's what we did. Yeah, exactly. And uh, you don't want to miss a buffalo. <laughs> <laughs> Shit, man, there, I can't there, wait. There must be uh, um, some serious complications. So yeah, for sure. For sure. I didn't have the um, exciting buffalo hunters you see on, on Mark Sullivan's pictures. and But... Um, yeah. How many buffalo did you kill with it? Just one? Three. 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 The last one, 400 grain, less than a half an inch exactly where I told my uh, my uh, hunter to shoot. Uh, did the finishing shot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, wait for the death well, and that was it. So, it wasn't charging. It was it was a, a perfect shot, a perfect, a half an inch from where I told my customer to shoot. Yeah, unb- unbelievable. Unbelievable, man. Yeah. Unfortunately, the buffalo, the the buffalo um, prices got way out of uh, um, way out of uh, sync. But I mean, you know, mm-hmm. it's it's the career. It's the mm-hmm. it's what happens in uh, in life when you're in this type of thing. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, dude, I'm uh, I'm completely in awe. Like again, I thought that the gun was completely gone. Like, it didn't even come across my brain. Ah, Robbie, to see your face and to see this happiness on you, it's, it's worth a hundred times to me than what what the value of this fire no, is. No, it's amazing. Yeah. Unbelievable. It's such a pity my wife left and my daughter. Um, I would have had, would have loved them to meet you and have you here. Yeah. But unfortunately, they had to do something. No, it's all good, man. It's all good. So, yeah, everything's good, man. Thank you, Rudy. It's a pleasure. Oh, yes. You must understand, when you hunt buffalo <laughs> and you walk, th- walk through those poppy trees, you're on high, high alert. You, uh, at that stage, I had some uh, some customers with me that um, if something would have happened mm-hmm. to one of those customers due to the profile they were, you'd have read long stories about the South African, <laughs> South African hunter and... Uh, now he has to explain why these people are dead. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, your palms start sweating. Your 
your vision amplifies, your hearing amplifies everything, and and you you wait for that because you know it's seeing you. Is it circling you now? Is it coming from the back? Mm. Is the trackers alert enough? Is the client, mm-hmm. you know, comfortable? So yeah, he then outwitted us. The last one walked through the long poppy trees and then went down in the Tabazambi in a cool, cool ravine to go and stand in the, in the midsummer heat in the cool, cool ravine. We eventually tracked it. I got onto a cruiser. We went around, came out, and I saw him. I said, okay, that's it. We we tracked him prior to that. I had a beautiful, beautiful head-on shot, no less than 50 meters away, and I said to my 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 customer, I said, Spiraki, Spiraki, one momento. Puff of water. Okay. No, no, Rudy. I want to shoot it from the side. Oh. My most important lesson in my entire life, ask your client where he wants to shoot the animal. <laughs> the buffalo took a look at us. He says, oh, so that's your intentions. And he made me walk for another four hours. Jeez. Got him in this cool ravine, climbed off the cruisers, got him into a perfect spot. He was a very, very good shot. Said to him, take the shot. I want you to shoot it exactly there. And he did. I've got the photos. Mm. And then I, prior to that, I said to him, do you want me to do the follow-up shot? Yes, please. I said, we're not playing here. Yeah, right. We're not shooting antelope here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you wound this guy, he's going to come for you. Mm -hmm. So I took the shot after him, negotiated, accepted by him. A half an inch from where I told him to shot it, I shot it Mm -hmm. with the 416. 400 grain. And I tell you, um, any hunter's life to have a perfect death or a perfect kill shot is the thing that you strive for. Mm-hmm. I love animals. I would never like to see an animal be wounded and you can't get it and you can't catch it. And you know, So it was a perfect shot by the customer. It was a perfect follow-up shot. The buffalo went down on his knees and we waited for about two minutes. And then I said, lovely. Yeah, we had to pull that oak out of the ravine with the cruiser to get him up so we can load him. But... Um, the connection between the firearm. Let me stop uh, talking uh, in the bush here. It's um, it is a, a piece of equipment that you use that you entrust your life with. Mm-hmm. So if it malfunctions, you're dead. If you want to go and shoot leopard, and you want to go and shoot lion and elephant, and do the dangerous big fire, then you need to have something that's capable and trustworthy. And how can I enforce it more by reading in those two books? about my trusty 4163. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I just knew this this will never let me down. And it didn't. And mm-hmm. it has never. Yeah. And I wish for you, I wish the perfect shot on that buffalo for you. I really. hope so, one day. And I tell you, that day, if tears don't roll down your eyes, Shit. then you're going to phone me or I'm going to be standing next to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then you know it's the right thing. Yeah. No, it's a crazy, it's a crazy life that that. And again, you you were asking earlier, like, when was the gun built? My grandfather arrived in Mozambique in '54. He probably it took him. I think he only started hunting with Verna and Harry, and Wally, probably in '60, '58, '59, '60. And at that point, I don't think he had a gun. So then he was like, oh, I need to get a good gun. So 
he probably bought the firearm, I would say, early 60s. Must be, because he, he, he states about it on page number eight, who he bought it from. Yeah. And how he acquired it. Yeah. And why he acquired it. Yeah, the woman, the fa- <laughs> woman's husband killed somebody with it. Yes. You for, know that. For a land claim or yeah. something. <laughs> and so she was like, I'm getting rid of the gun. And he was like, oh, I'll buy it for you. Yeah. So it's got an auspicious <laughs> life to it. But yeah, I don't know. It must have been built by either him because it's it's a custom gun, I would think. It's got it's a Rigby action with a Mahillion barrel with what do we think the wood is? Do we know what the wood is? Is it just mm. a classic American walnut? Like I, I would suppose so. I think so. I know that's Belgium. Very popular uh, uh, Donnie Lobsher. Benny Lopcher. Benny Lopcher. There, there the name comes back. Okay. When I acquired and I spoke to Benny about it, he said to me he knows of the Mahillion. He said it was a Belgium or a, a Belgian barrel. Yeah. But as far as its stock, that stock must be custom built because you don't find a cheek. Uh, yeah, it's got a cheek weld. And it, in those days, you never got mm-hmm. that. In mm-hmm. those days in the 60s, it was a plaque rough mm-hmm. square mm-hmm. cut. Mm-hmm. So that is definitely a, a custom setup. But mm-hmm. it's not not been changed. Yeah. Nothing nothing on that firearm has changed it's from amazing. the time that I have it. Yeah. Except for good oiling. And yeah. Well, I can't wait to, to shoot it for the first time. We're going to take it back to the States and I'll send it to a, a gun maker to fill in the holes. It's such a pity you can't get those uh, pre-fired form shells because it's been set up for... Yeah. Uh, and it will just be... It's no, okay. It's like a glove. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll get it fitting like a glove again. Yeah. Well, Rudy, thank you, my man. I know that you're busy, we're busy, but this is amazing. I can't, it's just unbelievable. It's unbelievable. I'm happy for you. It's really? unbelievable, really? man. I'm happy, man. Really. Shit's a brick. That is something. I just wish that there's more people out there with a, with a, you don't often find tradition in history like this yeah. today. But still. you don't find ethical people anymore mm. because everything is about money nowadays mm-hmm. and I mean this to go back to your family I mean will be amazing oh. and it will go back to your kids and your kids kids yeah sure my daughter could have kept it but no this this should have gone back to you yeah it's amazing thank you but it's a pleasure well that's it for today I appreciate you listening as always Leave a review, share it with your friends, and most importantly, do what's right to convey the truth around hunting. Spend your Saturdays with life on the water. Join Captain Brandon Simmons for fishing, diving, travel, and so much more. You want to succeed. You want to fish. You want to be one of the greatest. Oh, look at that thing, dude. (laughs) Let's see what kind of trouble we can get into today. Don't miss Life on the Water every Saturday night from 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV. (laughs) The destination for outdoor entertainment. Brave anglers search for the one they call king, but who will take his throne? Tune in to Waypoint TV's Battle for Silver, Saturday, May 18th from 12 to 6 p.m. Eastern. Presented by Abyss Battery, Waypoint TV.